Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D., and today I'll be covering the case of Samuel Crawford in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Let's get right to it. Stillwater is a small college town located 60 miles northeast of Oklahoma City. It's home to Oklahoma State University and one of those places that feels like a quaint small town, all while close enough to the larger cities of OKC and Tulsa. It's known as America's friendliest college town, or at least that's one of OSU's taglines. Though roughly 20,000 students a year make Stillwater their home, there's more to the town than just the college campus. You can find everything in Stillwater from aerospace to agriculture, and there is an entire population of those who have called Stillwater home their entire lives. Samuel Crawford, who went by Sam, was one of those people. Born on August 8, 2002, he spent his life in Stillwater and graduated from Stillwater High School in 2021. According to his family and friends, from a very young age, Sam excelled at working with his hands. So it came as no surprise that as he got older, Sam taught himself how to weld. He loved all things to do with big jacked up trucks, especially his own, which was a 2014 white Dodge Ram 2500. Like many of the boys raised in Stillwater, Sam played football, baseball, and spent a lot of time outdoors. He liked to hunt and fish. And he was kind. Literally everyone who knew him described him as an all-around good guy who was friendly. Fast forward to August of 2023, Sam was still living in Stillwater and working as a welder at JP Welding in nearby Morrison, which is about 15 miles north of Stillwater. According to an affidavit, on August 29, 2023, Sam was late getting into work, and when he got in, he told his boss that he really wasn't feeling well and that he was having issues with his truck. His boss told him to take some time off so he could get better and have the time to get his truck fixed. Sam asked him for a recommendation for a good mechanic, and his boss suggested a guy he knew. Before he left, Sam told his employer that he would catch up with him on the 31st. But the 31st came, and his boss hadn't heard from him. That was odd. Sam was a responsible guy, and he would have called his boss with an update on the truck or to let him know when he'd be back at work. His boss tried to call him, but his calls weren't getting through, like the phone was either off or dead. So he reached out to the mechanic he had recommended, 21-year-old Christopher Summers, to see if he was able to help Sam with the truck and if he had heard from him. Maybe they were caught up in a truck repair and it was taking longer than expected. I mean, there could have been any number of things. If he couldn't get a hold of Sam, maybe Christopher knew what was going on. The boss called and Chris told him that he had talked to Sam mid-morning two days prior on August 29th and that he had gone to J.P. Welding that same afternoon to diagnose the problem with Sam's truck. 
He figured out pretty quickly what the problem was. And later that evening, he had gone back to JP Welding to fix the truck. Chris told Sam's boss that he had waited at the shop from 7 to 9 p.m., but Sam never showed up, and further, he hadn't answered his phone or responded to any text messages. So, at around 9 p.m., Chris gave up and left, and he hadn't heard from Sam or seen him since. And with that, Sam's boss decided it was time to get authorities involved. He called down to the Noble County Sheriff's Office. That same day, officers spoke with Chris over the phone, and he repeated the same story, adding that after he had initially went to the welding shop and diagnosed the problem with the truck, Sam went to go get the part and he left to go get something to eat. They were supposed to meet back up at the shop, but as we know, Sam never returned. Investigators soon learned that not only had Sam's boss and Chris not heard from Sam, no one else had either. By the next day, September 1st, it was clear that something was very wrong. But what? Investigators in Noble County reached out to deputies in Payne County and asked if they could go and talk to Chris in person to clarify some of the details. You see, the welding shop, which as far as deputies knew at that point, was the last place anyone had seen Sam, and it was in Noble County. But Chris's last known address was in Payne. Due to jurisdiction, Noble County officers had no authority over in Payne, so Payne County came in to assist. When deputies made it to the address, Christopher Summers wasn't there, but his aunt Jennifer was, and she told the officers that Chris didn't actually live there, although he did visit pretty frequently. When asked about Sam, she informed the deputy that she didn't know him. But his truck. You see, Sam had that very distinctive truck. It was a white 2014 Dodge Ram 2500 truck, lifted with larger tires and a black aftermarket brush guard with KC-style lights. While she didn't know it was Sam's truck, according to Jennifer, over the past couple days, Chris had mentioned that he planned to buy a white Dodge truck. That must have captured the attention of the deputy. Sam had no plans of selling his truck, and anyone who knew him would have known that. But there are plenty of white Dodges in the world, so maybe Chris was talking about buying a different truck. Maybe it was just a coincidence. If you believe in that kind of thing, me not so much, but maybe you do. What couldn't be written off so quickly is the fact that Christopher Summers lied to deputies about where he lived. Seemed like an awfully strange thing for a person to lie about, especially if they got nothing to hide. Deputies would soon get their chance to ask Chris why he lied, because after they spoke with Aunt Jennifer, Chris called the deputy and arranged a meeting at a Shell gas station in Glencoe. Glencoe, Oklahoma is in Payne County and located kinda in between Morrison, where the welding shop is, and Sam's hometown of Stillwater. And this time, Chris had another story to tell. Christopher Summers told the deputy that Sam came to his aunt and grandparents' house on East Yost Road, which is in Glencoe, so that he could diagnose the problem with the truck. According to the affidavit, once Chris figured out that the problem was the hydro boost, which, according to my very limited research, is an aftermarket brake system commonly used on diesel, turbocharged, and supercharged engines, which uses the hydraulic pressure from the power steering system, to be able to brake faster, especially while racing or hauling heavy loads. If you're a gearhead, please don't come for me if any of that is wrong. I researched the best I could. 
Anyhow, according to Chris, Sam left to go to Napa Auto Parts to get the parts needed to make the repair. He was supposed to come back to the house on Yost Road, but he never showed. According to Chris, that was August 29th, and again, he claimed he hadn't heard from him since. As officers investigating missing person cases do, initially, the deputy just let him tell his story. But as the conversation went on, the deputy asked Chris where he lived, and at first he told him again that he lived with his Aunt Jennifer, something that we've already established was a damn lie, and the officer called him out on it. Chris then flipped the script and admitted he actually sometimes stayed in a camper on land owned by a man named Mike Ritter. As it turns out, Chris did some work for Mike, feeding cattle on the property in exchange for being allowed to stay there. According to property records, Mike Ritter owned several properties in Glencoe and the surrounding areas. Remember that it's going to be important later. In the meantime, the investigation continued. And as deputies in Noble and Payne counties spoke to those that knew Sam Crawford, the last person they could put him with was Christopher Summers. Sam hadn't made contact with anyone since then. In fact, once investigators got access to Sam's cell phone data, it revealed that the last time the phone had even pinged was August 29th. And then there was a surveillance video. Surveillance video from Bill's Corner gas station, which was minutes down the road from the welding shop. That video captured Sam at the gas station at approximately 4.15 p.m. on August 29th. That was the last moment investigators could definitively place Sam Crawford anywhere. All of this coupled with the conflicting stories being given to the Noble County Sheriff's Office and the Payne County Sheriff's Office led investigators to issue an official missing person alert. The alert read, Stillwater Police Department and Noble County Sheriff's Office are working a missing persons case. Samuel Cade Crawford was last seen at Bill's Corner in Morrison at approximately 4.15 p.m. on August 29, 2023. He has not been seen or heard from since. He drives a 2014 white Ram 2500 bearing Oklahoma tag GOE 862. The pickup is lifted with larger tires and a large aftermarket brush guard with lights. It then went on to describe Sam as a 21-year-old white male, approximately 5'9", 150 pounds, with brown hair and green eyes and asked that anyone with information came forward to speak with investigators. As the missing persons report made its way around social media, the whispers about what may have happened began making their way around town, and the rumors that were floating around were horrific. On September 4, 2023, the Noble County Sheriff's Office called in the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation to assist. Not only would this bring much-needed resources to the investigation, but this would solve all the jurisdictional issues. OSBI had authority over the entire state of Oklahoma, and though Payne and Noble counties were working together, having OSBI involved would definitely simplify things. OSBI investigators showed up at the last known address they had for Christopher Summers, which was the aunt-slash-grandpa's house on East Yost Road. 
He wasn't there, so the investigator asked the family to give Chris a call so he could come and speak with them again, and they did. Meanwhile, since there had been conflicting information about exactly where Chris Summers was living, the detective asked the relatives and they told him that Chris actually lived in a camper on a property owned by Mike Ritter off VFW Road. But when Chris showed up, he told the investigator that while he did in fact live in a camper on Mike's property, it wasn't that property off VFW Road, but actually a different property on Lone Chimney Road in Glencoe but he couldn't remember the physical address. Convenient, right? And for all the places Summers claimed to live, he sure as shit didn't want investigators to think it was anywhere near VFW Road. I mean, his grandparents, his aunts, Lone Chimney, anywhere but there. Eventually, he did admit that Mike Ritter, in fact, owned a property off VFW Road. He distanced himself from it as much as he could, telling the investigator that it was a property that he rarely even went to. And again, Chris Summers told a different version of the last time he saw Sam Crawford. It was a mix of sorts of the previous stories, and it went a little something like this. At around 10.30 a.m. on August 29th, he had gone to J.P. Welding to look at and diagnose the issues Sam was having with his truck. He figured out that the problem was that hydro boost, so he told Sam what parts he should get so he could fix it, and then he, he being Chris, left. All in all, he was only at the welding shop about 15 minutes that morning. A few hours later, about 2.15 in the afternoon, Chris claimed he spoke with Sam over the phone and had him drive out to his grandfather's shop, which was located on Yost Road. The records don't ever indicate whether the grandfather's shop is the same as the aunt's house or if it's one property or two, but this is either the same place his aunt lives and the grandfather lives there too or it's right next to it. Anyhow, once Sam arrived on Yost Road, Chris said he looked over the truck again to be sure it was the hydro boost, because he didn't want Sam picking up the wrong parts. You know, the parts that he had already sent him to go get? According to Chris, the issue was definitely the hydro boost, so he told Sam for the second time what parts to buy. I just want to point out here that Sam was into trucks and he knew his way around one. Sure, he needed a mechanic's help for this specific problem, but it wasn't like he was truck part illiterate. Despite that, Chris claimed that he needed to verify for the second time that day that Sam knew exactly what parts to buy. Sam left to go to Napa, and in this version of events, Chris also left to get something to eat. He returned to the grandfather's shop on Yost Road and waited for Sam, but Sam never turned up. According to the court documents, Chris told the investigator that he had sent a message to Sam through Snapchat, but Sam never opened the message and he never heard from him again. Now, there was something investigators could easily verify to validate Chris's ever-changing story, the messages. Of course, they asked Christopher Summers if he would consent to his phone being searched for the Snapchat messages and the calls between he and Sam, and he refused. And not only did he refuse, he told the investigator that there were things on his phone he did not want to be charged with. Excuse me, what? Anyhow, at this point, especially after a comment like that, it was no longer an option, and OSBI took the phone. The following day, on September 5th, search warrants were obtained for the cellular data on Chris's phone, and that data was extracted. The location data from Chris's phone was compared to location data from Sam's phone, 
and according to the affidavit, there were GPS locations that appeared both similar and significant. There was also a live photograph found in Chris's camera roll. The metadata from the picture revealed that on August 29th at approximately 7.15 p.m., when Chris had told a Payne County deputy and the OSBI investigator that he was at his grandparents' house waiting on Sam, or when he told Sam's boss at the welding shop that he was waiting for Sam there, depending on which version of Chris's story you want to go with, he was neither of those places and actually at a rural location in Payne County commonly referred to as Duncan Bridge. With new information coming in, being analyzed, and through interviews with Sam's family and friends, investigators also learned that there had been no activity on Sam's debit or credit cards. No one had heard from him, of course, and his truck tag had not been spotted by any license plate readers in the state of Oklahoma, of which there are a ton of. Plus, there was that whole thing about Christopher Summers distancing himself from that property off VFW Road. OSBI wasted no time calling in a helicopter to conduct aerial searches over open fields in Payne County in an effort to locate Sam and his truck. One of those properties they just so happened to fly over was a large field on Mike Ritter's property on VFW Road. And that's when they found it. A white Dodge Ram had been parted out with each piece separated hundreds of feet from the others. And from the air, they were able to spot the truck cab, the truck bed, and a large brush guard. Once back on the ground, investigators immediately recognized the black brush guard with the round Casey-style lights as the one that was on Sam's truck. The cab of the truck was found sitting on a flatbed trailer. OSBI would later determine that the trailer belonged to Summer's grandfather, but that he had lent it to Chris a few days earlier. The truck parts were verified to be Sam Crawford's by VIN number. The property was secured while a search warrant was obtained. They had found the truck, but where was Sam? Once the warrant was obtained, it didn't take long before investigators searching the property located a hole that appeared to have been dug recently and filled back in. And further, they recognized the scent of human decomposition near what they now believe to be a grave. The Oklahoma Office of the Chief Medical Examiner Anthropologist were notified and responded to the scene. On September 10, 2023, a badly decomposed human body was recovered from the clandestine grave. The body was that of 21-year-old Sam Crawford. An autopsy was performed and it was discovered that Sam had been shot twice in the back of the head. Back at the scene, investigators learned that property owner Mike Ritter had a skid steer loader on the property. I had to Google up what in the hell a skid steer was, and it's what I've called a bobcat my whole entire life. And if you're still confused, it's just a compact piece of heavy equipment that has all kinds of attachments, like buckets or pallet forks, which can be used for all kinds of things, like digging holes or lifting heavy truck parts. Investigators spoke further with Mike Ritter, and he told them that Christopher Summers was routinely out at that property doing work for him, and that he had the means, equipment, and knowledge to take apart a truck, and could have done that in a day or two. 
Christopher Summers was arrested and booked into the Payne County Jail on charges of first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, larceny of a motor vehicle, knowingly concealing stolen property, and operating a chop shop. Investigators now had their who, but why? Why would Summers have wanted Sam Crawford dead? Sam was a good guy and he didn't seem to have problems with anyone. He was just trying to get his truck fixed. As the investigation continued, detectives spoke to a man named Joe who had known Summers for roughly three months. Joe told police that Christopher Summers told him about his job working for Mike Ritter, but that he had another hustle going, one in which he stole trucks, parted them out, and sold them. And apparently, before Sam had gone missing, Chris told Joe that he planned to kill a guy and take his vehicle. While he never mentioned Sam's name, at a later date, although it's unclear exactly when, Chris told him that his plan hadn't worked out. Oh, and then there was the gun. Sometime between the 5th and 8th of September, which was also the time frame between when Chris was interviewed by OSBI and his phone was taken and the day Sam's truck was discovered, anyhow, sometime between the 5th and 8th, Christopher Summers had sold a 9mm semi-auto handgun to Joe for $200. Joe gave the weapon to investigators and told them that he believed Christopher Summers had murdered Sam Crawford because he wanted his truck. But perhaps Sam Crawford wasn't Christopher Summers' first target. On September 12, 2023, investigators spoke with a man named Colton Bland, who told them that Chris had previously plotted to kill another man named Rance, and he had discussed this plan in detail with Bland. According to the affidavit, Chris wanted Colton Bland to lure Rance out to Mike Ritter's property. Chris told him that he had barrels of battery acid, which he would use to dispose of the body after the murder. But according to Colton, sometime between the 20th and 25th of August, the plan changed. It all happened one night when Colton and Chris were at another friend's house, Rocky Sadler. Chris, Colton, and Rocky were all sitting in a truck when Chris started talking about Sam. According to Colton, Chris stated, I can get him to come hang out with me and I'll take care of him. Bland continued on telling investigators that Chris tried to get a hold of Rance, but he didn't answer. So they tried to get in touch with Sam. But Bland never confirmed with investigators whether any contact was made. Colton Bland also claimed that Chris threatened them, saying that if any of them told anyone about the plan to kill Rance and or Sam, he would kill them or have them killed. And further, this wouldn't be the first time he had murdered someone. Chris went on to tell the men that he gets paid by someone in Cushing to kill people. He asked the other two if they wanted to get in on it. It's unclear from the documents what their response was, but we do know that no one immediately went to police with any of this information. And that wasn't even all. Colton Bland also recalled a FaceTime call he had with Chris Summers on August 30th, 2023, in which he could see what he described as a track hoe in the process of digging a hole, a boom attached to the track hoe, a white truck, and burn barrels. As he spoke to Summers, an unidentified person was seen operating the track hoe. Who was that unidentified person operating the machinery? If investigators know, they aren't releasing it to the public just yet. 
And as of this recording, Christopher Summers is the only person who has been charged in connection to the murder of Sam Crawford. He has pled not guilty to the charges. But is Christopher Summers the only person involved in the murder of 21-year-old Sam Crawford? It's still early on in the investigation, and that remains to be seen. But there is one thing for certain. Christopher Summers likes to run his mouth, and it's pretty obvious that multiple people know exactly what happened on August 29, 2023. It's also extremely probable that investigators know a hell of a lot more than they're willing to say right now. So far, everything we know comes from the arrest affidavit, which only has to contain enough information to secure an arrest warrant. And that doesn't take much. At the age of just 21, Samuel Crawford's life was taken over a truck. Christopher Summers lured him out with promises of fixing his vehicle and then like the spineless, gutless, worthless coward he is, shot the man from behind. For some truck parts? It's all so completely senseless. As Christopher Summers sits in jail, so many questions remain. Did Sam's truck coincidentally break at the same time Christopher Summers was plotting a murder or did someone tamper with his brakes? It's actually not that hard to do. And I already told y'all how I feel about coincidences. Who is the unidentified person seen operating the heavy equipment? Had Christopher Summers actually murdered before or was he just talking out his ass? How many people were involved or knew and either played a role or stood idly by while a young man lost his life? Investigators continue to piece together exactly what happened that night. And many believe, yours truly included, that more arrests are coming. May justice for Samuel Cade Crawford be swift. If you have any information, no matter how small you think it might be, contact the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation at tips at osbi.ok.gov. I'll be sure to drop a link in the show notes. For more information on this case, head over to my Instagram at least underscore of these or my Facebook at least of these podcasts. You can finally get all your episodes ad free just the way you like them for just $2 a month. And as a member of Patreon, you'll be the first to be notified when new tiers will be launched with exclusive episodes and a few bonus surprises. Go on over to patreon.com slash least of these to support the show today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.
In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. <laughs> 